Wow, we are live now, Tim. Good morning. My name is Angeline Weymeyer, the Abundant Wealth Creator. Today, it's our honor to have amazing special guest, Tim, and he is a uh, renowned Wall Street analyst. And through his own personal journey, and now led into his passion, which is helping entrepreneurs and uh, people from all walks of life to have an even more fulfillment relationship. So today we are in our uh, podcast uh, series. Um, I think we have done like over 40 podcasts already, Tim. So Tim, Kelly, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Angeline. I am so honored and humbled to be here. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. I really appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Yeah, uh, me and me and you, we met at the event in Chicago, right? And I'm really impressed and touched by your heart about helping people with their relationship. So before we dive into that, would you give us a little bit background about yourself and tell us a little bit about your story, Tim? Oh, okay, absolutely. Uh, well, and just to begin, I've solved the marriage problem. That's where this whole conversation is going. But what led me there, number one, I am not a psychologist. And that turns out to be important. I have an engineering degree, an MBA. And as you mentioned, I actually landed on Wall Street, where I was the first semiconductor analyst on Wall Street to focus on communications markets. So solving the marriage problem was actually not my first original thought, it was my second. But Oh, and, and the other the other part of my background, Angelina, when I was 12 years old, I told my mom I wanted to be a Catholic priest when I was 12 years old. Wow. And then I and then I discovered girls. So that whole career path kind of got derailed. But the point is, is I was raised with a moral compass. And then my a Wall Street career uh, at the height of the market in 2000, I met this girl. It was actually a girl that I'd known for eight years. She always had a boyfriend and I always had a girlfriend. But we met without being involved in a relationship. But we'd known each other for a long time. We had the same circle of friends. And as anybody who has fallen in love knows, it happens very quickly when you meet the right one. Mm -hmm. We got together very quickly, fell in love. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And then ultimately, after a matter of time, we started fighting. But more importantly, when I went to the when we went to the therapist and I realized that the therapist wasn't helping, that I decided to take this issue on myself. It was the pain as anybody who's gone through a breakup has experienced the pain that I went through is just unfathomable that we do not have a body of knowledge out there that couples can learn to teach them how to create a lifelong marriage. And that has been my mission. My goal is to lower the divorce rate. That is where mm -hmm. I'm taking my message. It's very yeah. profound, very significant. When couples learn what I teach, they learn the keys to success and they know how to keep their, their marriage on the right path so that they can stay together for the rest of their life. That is my mission, my journey, and that is what I'm very passionate about. And thank you so much for, for doing what you do, because when was the last time we went to school, the school teach us how do, uh, how do we handle our own finance, how do we uh, handle our personal relationship, right? Exactly. So, so, that's, so that's a reason that make you transition from in the Wall Street to what you're doing right now, because that's, make you fulfill fulfill within yourself right 
And, and more importantly, the realization that there is not a real no base of knowledge, body of knowledge that, you know, the five love languages does not solve the marriage problem. Couples are still going to argue even mm -hmm. if they understand the concept of the five love languages. There, there, what I do, just so you know, Angelina, is I address marriages mentally and psychologically, which mm -hmm. has never happened before. Nobody has ever written a book that I've discovered, at least, that addresses marriages mentally and psychologically. Marriage mm -hmm. books that have been written to date are all behavioral advice, mm -hmm. which is what the five love languages. And so what I do, in fact, that's one of the most surprising thing that people realize when I work with them. I have a two month weekly workshop where I work directly with couples. And the mo one of the most surprising things that they realize is I'm not giving behavioral advice. I'm giving mental advice and psychological advice, which both of those are new. I see. So you was able to not just help them from the behaviors, but also from the, the mindset. Well, I don't address it behaviorally i address oh, it you address the the mental the mindset well for example i discuss what causes behavior mm. what causes be in fact this is this is one of my breakthroughs the psychology industry for the last hundred years has studied animals to try and figure out human behavior because the foundation of the industry is biological that's why they study behaviors. And what I've discovered is mentally, what they, that's why they study behaviors biologically. But what I've discovered is what causes behaviors mentally is your belief system, which are your character traits. I see. Which are unconscious, by the way. So for example, I, I am a nice guy, that is true, but I don't think that about myself. I don't walk around saying, Tim's a nice guy, Tim's a nice guy, but I behave accordingly. I open a door for people, I speak nicely to people, these are, behaviors that are a result of my belief system that I'm a nice guy. And of course, we're not talking about the good belief systems. We're talking about people getting their, their head around those negative belief systems that they were taught mostly from childhood, from their parents. Turns out that the biggest influence in a marriage is the relationship with the parents because that's where you learn these belief systems. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I know not just myself, right? Many people that I know, we have still carry the baggage, the limiting beliefs, uh, the childhood trauma with, with us. And then that will not just affect our relationship, affect our health, but also affect our personal financial success. So a lot of people struggle with that area. And what are some of the tips you can give it to our listener to, first of all, make them aware, right? Second of all, give them some tips um, how do, where do they get start to, to help them on the right track to help themselves with this area? Well, the reason why relationships are successful is because couples get along. The reason why relationships are unsuccessful is because couples don't get along. It's that simple. Mm. It's conflict resolution. And that message, I build my entire message on getting along conflict resolution, the solution to the problem. One of the things that an engineer is trained to do is engineer is trained to look at what has changed mm. to cause a problem. Before the 60s, our divorce rate was single digits because it was highly structured. The man was in charge. 
The man who's responsible for the logical side of the relationship, the man who's responsible for the finances, and the man who's responsible for making the decisions of the relationship. The woman was subordinate. She was responsible for the emotional side of the relationship. She was responsible for raising the kids and the nurturing environment of the home. That was the two That was how those responsibilities were split up between the man and the woman in a patriarchy marriage that is supported by the by the church. The Bible. First page of the Bible, the wife will obey the husband. That is the way the structure has existed for thousands of years. And of course, what has changed is the education and employment of women. For the first time in the history of human civilization, women are now educated and they're employable. So they're no longer subordinate or beholden to their husband's control. So if we were to canvas unsuccessful relationships in this country, I won't say 100% of them, but I will say very close to 100% of them, the problem is control. Control. One or both are trying to control the relationship. So the solution to the problem is equality, where nobody is in control, where both have an equal say in the conflicts in the, in the, in the relationship. That's a partnership. That's what a partnership is. And just to clarify what a partnership is, because most people don't really uh, haven't gotten their head around it, but a partnership is not where the two of you are the same person. That is one of the problems that people get into. They think that their partner should think exactly like them. That is not a partnership. A partnership is you have your skill set. Your partner has his or her skill set. Mm-hmm. And you, you are the one that, that contributes your skill set and your partner contributes his or her skill set. That is a partnership. Just like if you and I were to start a business. If you and I were to start a business and we're both the salesperson, our business will fail. We're not supposed to be the same person in our business partnership, just like you're not supposed to be the same person in a marriage. It's really those differences that make the partnership successful. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And then you make it so simple, right? And easy to understand, which is the root, it's the control. I still remember when I went to Tony Robbins' relationship and then he talked about like just exactly what you just mentioned. Like nowadays, women, we get into the workforce, right? And then we tend to put on the mass of the masculine energy, right? Um, like control. I don't remember the, the three C's. It says men doesn't want to be controlled, criticized. Um, the third one, I don't remember. And then another on the other hand the man also put on the mask of the feminine side right so that's the 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 issue of the polarity do you have any um comment on that well when i say that the solution is equality what i mean by that is where both the man and the woman get to do both the thinking and the feeling in the relationship if you think about it traditionally, man only thought, women only felt, and now women are educated so they can think in the relationship. In fact, the biggest hole in our culture of marriage today is emotional men. It is still considered a weakness for a man to show emotions. You know, good boys don't cry. In fact, one of the things that I've learned personally, this is why I'm glad I'm a guy exclaim, explaining this instead of a woman, because I realize as a man, in order for me to be a better partner for my wife, I need to be both logical and emotional. So I am opening up my emotional side. I'm not gay, not that there's anything wrong with it, as Jerry Seinfeld so famously said, 
because I'm becoming an emotional man. That is not a weakness. That is actually a strength. It's a way for us to become more whole as an individual. And it's mm -hmm. also a way for a man to be able to better uh, accommodate or, or uh, communicate with his spouse when he understands it from an emotional perspective as well. So let me give you an example, just so that you understand what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, where are the kids going to school? Think about that dialogue. If a husband and wife are going to discuss where their children are going to go to school, most likely what's the man going to address? The finances, right? Mm -hmm. How much is it going to cost? Mm -hmm. What is the woman going to address? The nurturing environment of the school. Yes. Right? Number one, those are both equally as important but number two, the only way you solve that problem is by looking at it from both persons' perspective. Hmm. If one is going to dictate the outcome, that is not a solution that's in the benefit of both. And emotions and logic are two different, two different voices. Those are two different approaches. They are not the same thing. It's so important to understand that logic and emotion are two completely, or, or logic and feelings, are two completely different aspects of our mental conscious awareness life. And we need to be able to accommodate both of them. I see. And I'm, why are you talking, Tim? I just have this coming to my mind. Like you don't just magically know all this knowledge, right? <laughs> yeah. So how, where did you acquire all this knowledge and how did you learn? What is your mentor that makes the biggest impact in your life? Well, first of all, the only reason why I can comfortably and confidently tell anybody that I have solved the marriage problem is because I forgave my parents when I was 25 years old. It turns out we are supposed to be born twice. The first is obvious biologically, but the second is when we are supposed to be born psychologically into adulthood. The Bart Mitzvah and the Bat Mitzvah in the Jewish tradition, the First Communion in the Christian tradition, the Quinceanero in the Latino tradition, even barbaric rituals in antiquity were all initiation ceremonies to initiate us into adulthood. But because we've now given our mental life over to the psychology industry, they have dropped the ball on helping us transition into adulthood because of the biology theory. And then the other answer to your question, have you ever heard of Carl Jung? No. Carl Jung was 19 years younger than Freud. Freud looked up to Jung so much that he not only considered him his heir apparent, but also his son. That's how much respect that Freud had for Jung Young disagreed with Freud's sexuality theory, which turns out to be the right approach, not the sexuality theory, but Young's theory. And Young and Freud had their famous breakup in 1912. And Young went much further than Freud did in discovering how the mind worked. Young cured schizophrenia, for example. Young discovered that our mental problems are mentally based, not biologically based. And because it, it disagrees with Freud, he's been basically written off because you hadn't heard of him. You heard of Freud, haven't you? I am not. Sigmund Freud, the father of psychology. Well, anyhow, the general public has heard of Freud, but the general public has not heard of Carl Jung. One of my ultimate objectives 
is to ultimately replace Freud with Jung. Jung is the one that figured out how the mind works. Freud didn't because of Freud's biology theory. So Jung is the one that we should be following. 20% of my book is a summary of his autobiography. One of the things I'm doing is I'm introducing Carl Jung to the masses. You mentioned that you have the book. If our listener want to go to grab a, a book of a copy of yours, what's the name of your book, Tim? Well, first of all, I don't sell the book. Okay. Uh -huh. The title of the book is Equality. The subtitle is The Quest for the Happy Marriage. The book is the textbook that I use for my two-month weekly workshop. If anybody's interested in working directly with me, that's what they'll do is I'll sign them up for this two-month weekly workshop. And what I'm doing is I'm working them through the book. A professor does not throw a textbook at a student and say, I'll see you at the final. Mm -hmm. a, t a professor hands the textbook to the student and then works the student through the textbook. That's what I do with my book. It is That's that profound of a book that when people are done with the book, it will give them such clarity on how they're supposed to create a successful marriage. It is much further along than anything out there in the market today as far as marriage guidance goes. And you know, uh, in our audience, we have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners. And then I have seen people, they tend to focus on more on how to grow their business, how to make more money. And this is one of the area, which is the relationship that they tend to neglect, right? So I want you to touch a little bit on why having a happy, successful relationship will enhance your, your business and they also can help you expand and create even more financial success. Well, the first comment that I have about that, it is to me one of the most astonish astonishing aspects of marriage and relationships. I understand it psychologically, but not logically. And that's when one spouse does not support the other spouse. It is uh, unbelievable. Again, I understand it psychologically. It makes no sense. But it's unbelievable that spouses don't support each other. And so that's obviously one of the big results of working with me is you will have both spouses supporting each other. Because the reality is what I teach is the number one priority in your life is not how much money you make. Exactly. It is the person that you sleep next to every night. And once you put that as the number one priority, everything else is subordinate to that, even your business, even your startup business. But when you sacrifice your personal life so that you could succeed in business, that's when you're heading down a dead end street. That's when you're heading down to a place where you might be successful professionally, but you're going to be extremely unhappy when you get there. Yes, totally. That I have seen so many people, right, on the outside, they, they are so successful, very wealthy, but on the inside, they not feel really happy and fulfilled inside. And then, and you are right, I have seen a lot of couples, they grow like opposite way because they don't grow at the same pace. And then, like you said, they, they don't understand each other, like one person is growing, the other it's it's not. Um, so for people, for the couples, they're in business together. And then I tend to see a lot of friction, including myself, right? Me and my husband, we, we run our own business. And then we see sometimes we have some uh, frictional right, conflicts. So what kind of advice you can give 
the couples that who are running the, the business together, not just the business thriving, but also your relationship is thriving even more. And so what I do to answer that question is I elaborate on conflict resolution. The first approach, the successful approach, understanding the successful approach is first so that you know the goal. The first approach is a disagreement. Okay. In fact, one of my favorite concepts comes to us from Martin Luther King and that's civil disobedience. You and your husband can disagree until the cows come home as long as you're civil about it. A disagreement is problem solving. A disagreement is logical and a disagreement is forward looking. But what people need to understand, because you and I are emotionally involved, if you and I are business partners, we have a business relationship. But the issue is that like you and your husband are emotionally attached to each other. So that's when you have to be consciously aware when those conflicts turn into arguments. So let me break down an argument to you. Let me explain to you an argument. This is the real psychological breakthrough when people understand this. It turns out there is a mental process that we go through that leads to us being angry and, and argumentative. It starts off with an insecurity, mm. which is defined as a fear or anxiety. For example, your parents got, say your parents got divorced when you were a child. You now have that fear of your marriage ending because of the example that you got from your upbringing from your parents. The next step in the hierarchy of the argument, as I call it, is you become judgmental. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, you, you, you develop, I'm sorry, you first develop a prejudice. You develop a prejudice. Mm. This is another first that you're hearing here for the first time. Our mental problems are prejudices, which are preconceived opinions that are emotionally based that have not been thought out. So again, our example, your parents got divorced. Now you have a prejudice about your own marriage, which is a preconceived opinion, that prejudice then leads to becoming judgmental, which then leads to anger. And so what I'm doing, Angeline, is I'm connecting the dots between fear and anger. So if you and your husband are having a conversation, a conflict about your business, to argue with a person who has abandoned the use of reason is like administering medicine to the dead. Once your conflict goes from logical to emotional, you've got to the point of no return. So I'm going to be joking here, but Angeline, you're a jerk. I have now taken our conversation from logical to emotional. There's no reason. I mean, how are you going to respond? You're either going to hang up, you know, cancel our interview. You're going to disconnect or you're going to yell back at me. I mean, this is a fight or flight whenever somebody gets attacked emotionally. And the point is, is the reason why I said that is not because of something you've done, but because of a fear that you triggered inside of me from something of my past. So, for example, you come home late from work and your husband gets mad at you. Our natural response is fight or flight. You're going to either respond and kind of get mad back at him or else you're just not going to say anything. You're going to flee. That's fight or flight. And what I do is I neutralize the fight or flight instinct when you realize it has nothing to do with you coming home late from work. It has something to do with his low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's got abandonment issues. Again, maybe his parents got divorced. He's afraid of his marriage ending. And the reality is, in a marriage, what you fear will happen. 
in your marriage. If you're afraid of your husband cheating on you, he will cheat on you because you will make such an issue of it that he's like, that's where jealousy comes in. That you're going to be so jealous of your husband, he's going to be like, screw it, I'm in trouble. I'm, she thinks I'm cheating on him anyhow. Cheating on him anyhow. So that whatever you're afraid of happening in your marriage will happen. So it's important to understand as business partners that you keep the conversation logical, even about your emotions, because marriage is emotionally based. I feel this way. This makes me feel this way. Whenever you're having a logical conversation with your partner, as opposed to, again, Angeline, you're a jerk, which gets us nowhere. That is once you get to that emotional level, you cannot solve an argument. In fact, an argument is a control mechanism. That's why somebody takes that conversation from logical to emotional, because they can't win logically. Mm -hmm. They're going to control the outcome emotionally, and that's what an argument is. Wow, that's beautiful. And what I learned through this process, because I'm a student as well, right? Good. It is like, uh, number one, it's be willing to be vulnerable, right? Just share uh, your thoughts, your feelings, and 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 ha have a communication. Like be, stay commun constant communication. I feel it's very important. And yeah, go ahead, Tim. And let me elaborate on communication. Okay. Because we all know that communication is important, but don't you find it interesting that no one's ever explained you what that means? Yeah, we need to learn by mistakes and trials and error. Until you meet me and I teach you communication skills. And the, in fact, the way, this is, this is funny. So the way that I summarize communication is with one picture. One picture? And that picture is, on the, on the ground are beams. It's actually an optical illusion. There are people, there's a person on each side of the beams. And when you look at the beam from the left, it looks like there are four beams. When you look at the beam from the right, it looks like there are three beams. And mm -hmm. so above the head of one person is the number four and above the head of the other person is the number three. And the question above the picture is which is correct? Is it three beams or four beams? And obviously the answer is both. The answer is it depends on perspective. If you do not understand your partner's perspective, to understand your partner's feelings is called empathy, to understand your partner's thoughts is called respect. If you do not understand your partner's perspective, it is nearly impossible to solve a problem. And let me give you my example. Mm -hmm. So do you get mad at slow drivers? Um, I'm not. My husband will because I'm a slow driver. <laughs> so I used to get mad at slow drivers and I have solved that problem. The epiphany that I had was when I realized that the other driver was driving someplace too. Mm -hmm. When I was able to look at the other driver from the other driver's perspective, mm that completely eliminated any anxiety that I have about how fast that driver is driving. But the point is, think about that from a marriage's perspective, from a marriage perspective. If you're able to look at conflicts from your partner's perspective, and if your partner is able to look at conflicts from your perspective, it makes it significantly easier to solve the problem. But when you introduce fear, fear and love cannot coexist in the same room. Mm. Fear and love are two completely states of mind because fear is the source of anger or sadness, or actually it turns out both. 
when you're afraid of something, you're going to be angry at your partner and sad at yourself. One is more dominant than the other. So you're either going to be more consciously angry at your partner or more consciously sad about yourself. The other one actually lies unconscious, but it's still there. But fear is the source of anger and sadness. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim, for sharing so much of your knowledge and your wisdom. And just for this short conversation, I personally have learned a lot and I wish we can have more opportunity to learn from you. I'm a big believer in having accountability and coach in every aspect of our life. If you want to thrive in your personal finance, I believe that you need to have a coach, right? If you want to thrive in relationship, I also believe that we need to have a re relationship coach like you. So if you need a financial coach, Angeline is an unbelievable financial coach. So if you need help with your finances, be sure that you're reaching out to Angeline so she can help you with your finances. Thank you so much, Tim. And, and likewise, I have seen so many beautiful couples, right? There's uh, such a beautiful human beings. And just because like you mentioned, they have the, the control issue. They don't know how to handle communication issue. They don't know how to handle. And I do see that your approach, your passion, your method can definitely help those people. So um, if people want to get in touch with you, Right. What is the best way that they can um, get in touch with you to learn more about the, the situation more customized to them? Well, the easiest way to do that is email. My email address is my name, Tim Kellis, K-E-L-L-I-S, at mm -hmm. happyrelationships.com. Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. The other way that you could stay connected with me, go to Facebook. The name of the group is The Marriage Support Group, which is a group that I have started that not only allows me, but other marriage experts to contribute. I have been adding about 3,000 new members a month for the last two or three months. I am about to get over 12,000 members, but it's a community that I have created that is going to foster people learning how to create successful marriages. So it becomes much more than just sort of a pity party or, or finding somebody else who's in a miserable marriage like you. It's somebody, it's also, you get the message of here's what to do about it. that is what is missing in the dialogue. It's easy to define a problem to define a problem without discussing the solution is to be judgmental. What I'm doing is I'm taking from defining the problem to now what do we do about it? And that's what you get from, from this marriage support group on Facebook. Um, but still the easiest way is to email me, Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. Wow, beautiful. Um, so Tim, I, I know you have amazing, beautiful heart, and then you also bring a special gift for our community. Um, are you willing to do um, a complimentary or, or you mentioned about like a two day workshop? Two hour, well, I have a two hour seminar. The, two the workshop hour. is the next phase. I need to get together with you first. It's a two hour seminar that is free. So you can. And again, I do request that your spouse also attends with you. I get that question all the time. What if my spouse is not interested? It's really hard to teach couples how to create a lifelong marriage when one is not interested in learning. So. But reach out to me. It's a free tower seminar. Uh, in fact, I'm on host, host, hosting my next one tomorrow. If you're watching this live, if not, tomorrow. it's going to be after. 
But I host a, a, a seminar about once a month, so I'll be hosting another one later. So, but reach out to me and we can connect and I can set you up for my free two hour seminar. That, that you will learn from that seminar the foundation of what I'm teaching, which is a, obviously a two hour elaboration on what we talked about today. Wow, thank you so much for giving away your precious time, right? I know we can always have more money, but time is a limited resource. And I really appreciate what you do for the community, the impact that you have made um, in every people's life, especially in the relationship. So the best way to connect with you is to your email, right? So can you repeat yeah. that one more time? Tim Kellis, and the last name is spelled K-E-L-L-I-S as in Sam, at happy relationships, that word is plural, at happyrelationships.com. Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. Great. So if they want to join your community, which is your Facebook, right? What What is the, the name of the Facebook group again? It's called The Marriage Support Group. You'll see a picture of a couple kissing. And you'll see my name right below the pictures, the person that started the group. So feel free to join me on that group as well. Like I said, I'm adding about 100 new members a day. So feel free to join that community. It's, it's exploding and it's going to be a great platform for people to get together and figure out how to create lifelong marriages. Because, again, my mission is to lower the divorce rate and I'm not stopping anywhere until I do that. And that's very important. It's uh, to me, I consider it's a gener generational impact. So in, in closing, Tim, can you give um, our audience, our listeners, some maybe some three tips, right? To not just have a successful business, financial success, but also have a fulfilled relationship. The most important thing I could say to Anstead, Angeline, and, and this is, Think this through for those of you listening to what I'm about to say. The difference between somebody who is intelligent and somebody who is ignorant is one of them knows they're ignorant. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I teach people is if you can realize that you don't know everything, that your partner may know something that you don't know. Realize that you may learn something new. My biography won't be finished until my obituary, and only God knows my real name. So life is a journey. Realize that you're going on that journey together. The other thing is if you understand that conflicts, when they get emotional, are actually supposed to teach us about ourselves, and if you could learn instead of blaming your partner, <laughs> I've got some bad news for everybody watching this. I doubt that there's probably ever been a problem in your marriage that was 100% your partner's fault. It's mutual. Even though the conflict is I'm all right, you're all wrong. No, I'm all right, you're all wrong. Open your eyes up to look at maybe thinking about it from a different perspective. And those conflicts are there to, to strike a nerve so that you can get to the source of where your emotional traumas are and then healing is forgiveness. And forgiveness means to cancel. When you have fully forgiven somebody, you cancel all those negative anxieties that were created because of your perception of this relationship or experience with somebody else. And think about that from particularly your relationship with your parents, because the key to the first step of maturity is forgiving your childhood, forgiving your parents so that you can become an adult. Psychologically. Thank you so much, Tim. Every word that's out of your 
mouth it's really touched my my heart and my soul and and i really that's a journey actually i'm going through especially when you mentioned when you when you have the conflict with your spouse whatever people around it's instead of look outside look inside what is that trigger because once we have that awareness we have the ability to heal ourselves and you know what's so interesting about that if i were to ask your husband does he want to be happily married with you i would bet my last dollar that he would say yes <laughs> and you want to be happily married to him isn't that interesting there's only one person one person in your life who is supposed to have the same goals as you and that's your spouse mm -hmm. what you ultimately learn what you just said angeline is you learn to take on the world instead mm -hmm. of taking on each other and that's the step that is key to success don't take on each other but realize that the two of you are a partnership so then you can combine the skill sets of both of you together and now you're better equipped to take on the world because i'll tell you when you do it that way one plus one is so much bigger than two. Wow, Tim, you know what? I'm speechless. I'm so grateful to have you. I'm so grateful for you to have that passion to help couple with their relationship, with their marriage. And I'm very thank you, thankful for you to be here. And um, um, if our listeners, please take advantage of this opportunity, right? Uh, join Tim's uh, two-hour workshop. Just if you feel like this information you just learned, it's like make a huge impact, right? For you already, think about you what you're gonna learn two hours with Tim, right? So I'm looking forward uh, to our next show in the future, Tim, as we evolve, right? Um, we, do we have the opportunity to invite you back and we Thanks. can, okay, thank you so much and for your generous generosity and we really appreciate you. So this is the end of our today's uh, uh, interview, and I hope you take massive action, right? You learned a lot, but don't stop there. And, and just connect with Tim, right? Do something to improve yourself, improve your relationship, because together we can make this world a better place. And thank you very much for the time. I'm really honored and humbled, like I said at the beginning, Angeline, that you're giving me a platform to speak. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. So um, bye now. Bye-bye.